Hello, everybody. My name's Rick McCutcheon. I'm a Dynamics Business Applications MVP, and I'm here today on Digital Adoption Talks. There are over 300,000 business professionals with digital adoption in their job titles on LinkedIn. So this is why we put this podcast together. So on this show, along with my co-host, Joachim Schirmacher, CEO of ClickLearn, we talk to some of the leading digital adoption experts in the Microsoft ecosystem. This week, we're thrilled to have Daniel Garcia, the Vice President of Strategic Alliances for ClickLearn. Welcome, gentlemen. Please introduce yourselves and tell us what you do. And we'll start with you, Joachim. Well, Andy, uh, thanks for having uh, us uh, here today. Uh, it's a special episode, uh, Rick, uh, because uh, we have a uh, we have a, a very special visitor. Uh, Danny uh, has come in to help us uh, understand a little bit about how how's the progress. Danny's just been working in uh, with uh, with vendors uh, across the board and seeing if we can can make digital adoption more intelligent. And uh, I, I'm super excited about this talk. So looking forward to it. Okay, Daniel, tell hey. us who you are and what you do. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, great to be here. Uh, hi, Joachim, hi, Rick. So I'm, I'm head of strategic alliances here at ClickLearn. In essence, what that is, I help software vendors deliver better training uh, and adoption for their users. Okay, great. So when you do that, let's talk a little bit about ClickLearn for people who don't know about the product and what does ClickLearn actually do for these software vendors? Sure, sure. So it's my responsibility basically to identify and develop relationships with independent software vendors that are looking to fill a gap. They're trying to answer this question, you know, I sold the product and um, I've implemented the product. Now what? How do I best onboard my users? How do I increase their uh, user performance? And, you know, how do I prevent churn to impact my, my revenue stream? And so, In other all words, of these, you know, what is digital adoption to these people, right? It's exactly. exactly that. Exactly. Okay, fantastic. So, um, Daniel, when you're talking to these software vendors, how important is digital adoption to their business? Um, it's key. It's key, right? Uh, what they see in digital adoption is scalability, right? They're out there just like everybody else, trying to stay competitive. And they're developing new features and they're developing new technology in order to focus in on the verticals that they're serving. And that has a huge implication in their organization, disrupting all of the documentation and training that they have done with the rapid release cycles. So they view digital adoption as a means to have a scalable solution to address these problems. Okay, and Yoko, would you like to add anything around, you know, when we're dealing with these ISV and software vendors around, um, how do they look at digital adoption? Well, I think that in, in terms of uh, maturity, we're slowly starting to see people actually being engaged in this uh, field. And, and uh, it means that, that the traditional training is sort of going, uh, going away and, and we are giving room to some uh, new uh, methods that are, as Dan said, a lot more scalable because uh, we don't need all the resources in there to facilitate that. We do that relatively easy. And I think that one of the things that, that uh, we can see in, in when, when Danny and I have uh, talked around how, how things go, is that is at the beginning there's certain conservatism because if you've already built up an entire business unit around how do we 
how to deliver these services uh, face-to-face or uh, using uh, maybe less scalable models, let's say that. Uh, we can see that there's a, there's a certain conservatism in the beginning, but, but once you start getting them used to the idea that you can actually do something better, you can actually have someone in the room with them, a digital assistant that lives inside your system, it becomes so much easier uh, to get that discussion going. I think one of the, the tough points, Dan, and correct me here, uh, uh, was that you found it really hard in the beginning to, to actually lift this up to a strategic level. Can you talk a little bit about about that and what your experiences were? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think by default, uh, we've all been trained to have this transactional point of view when, when thinking about solutions. And the, the essence of what the ClickLearn solution can do is generate automation by being able to understand the underlying business system at a granular level. And that implies that both of us, right, ClickLearn and the software vendor have to collaborate in order to generate that efficiency. Ultimately, what we're doing is we're giving them the means to create and maintain everything that they need to do with minimal resources. Right. And so at the same time, exponentially increasing the value for their end users. And that sets up as the foundation for us to have a collaborative revenue plus model that is mutually beneficial. And so being able to transcend from a transactional uh, experience to a collaboration long term, uh, that I think has been the, the, the biggest initial challenge. And if I could just add, like I've got a lot of experience uh, actually running ISVs and, it, you know, when we're building a product for the first time or more mature companies, you know, the idea is, oh, we're going to build a product because we can resell it right to many people over and over again. And then, you know, cloud computing came along and all of a sudden people who wanted to buy it weren't, you know, I'm in Canada, we're in Canada in the U.S. We had somebody in Czechoslovakia wanting to buy it or somebody in New Zealand wanting to buy it. So all of a sudden the cloud has made a lot of these companies global, which really um, affects their ability to support these products. And this is where we get into the multi-language thing. So when I'm talking to um, software vendors about digital adoption, we think about the training piece as a big part to keep people trained. But I think you know the real problem or the real issue um, is support, right? I'm constantly trying to make my product better. I have this roadmap and I'm adding functionality. And when I talk to ISVs, a lot of them are, you know, updating their product on a monthly basis, which is a lot for the customer to absorb. So how do I change my documentation on a monthly basis? And especially if I'm in multi-languages, right? So, you know, I need a tool like ClickLearn, a digital adoption platform to be able to keep up with my pace of development. And I think that's a big key because if I can't support this product, then that becomes a problem for my customer. And one of the wonderful things about the cloud is if I don't like this product I'm using, I shut it off and I can turn on another product and start to use it. So I think digital adoption is going to mean, you know, a big piece for, you know, them being able to provide training and get their customers to use the product. But I think, you know, a big, big issue is really how do I support this product and keep my, you know, information current to what my developers are doing. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, Rick, that reminds me that there's a 
project that I'm working on right now, it's a, it's a company that's servicing the construction industry, and they have this vision to be able to deliver software from design, build, and operations. And the roadmap to get there involves for them to build technology, but at the same time also acquire other solutions. And so now you have exactly what you just mentioned compounded by the fact that you have support in one side of the world, you have the, the subject matter experts in another part of the world, and then you have this octopus scenario where everybody is working in silos, so you, you have that additional layer of complexity into for them realizing their vision of having a unified interface, right? And, you know, construction's a great example of this because, you know, I've worked on construction software in the past, and part of the problem is on a construction site, you know, I'll have a whole, I'll have three or four layers of contractors. I'll have a general contractor, I'll have a design contractor, and then I'll have a mechanical contractor, electrical contractor, and they're all trying to come together to put this building in place, right? So if I'm trying to, and for years they weren't automated, everything was done on paper. So if I'm going to automate these people, I've got a whole bunch of people coming in and out of my projects that are going to have to be able to use this technology. How am I going to train and support them? You know, I'm going to hand them some kind of uh, tablet or device to work with. Well, I've got to be able to support that. So again, I can build the software, I can acquire it, but how can I get the users supported and trained on it? I think, and, I think and there's the way many, many examples. Yeah, I think uh, you're talking something really interesting. The way that we normally start our conversations with with uh, uh, the, the large uh, uh, software vendors that we are that Dania is is uh, contracting with is, is that, that we start out with saying you if you have imagine that you had a, a complete uh, set of resources uh, available to you. What would be your vision of, of how you would adopt users, making sure you drive user performance forward? What would that look like? And it looks amazingly different from what they're doing today. Every time, it's it's not there's not a sense of co that they are content out there, right? They're not happy with what they're delivering today. They're doing that out of need because if you're servicing six different releases across the board, you you're gonna end up with that PDF document because that's all you have time to do, right? But if you imagine that being created automatically and maintained automatically with each new version coming out, then it's a completely different game. And we can actually strike some interesting uh, conversations. And you know, I can see that the, the people that we are speaking to are typically vice presidents of training or, or uh, vice presidents, and they, you know, they didn't go uh, six years to school to learn how to to teach people in order to create a PDF document. They have visions back there, but someone told them at, at some point in time, look, you just need to deliver, right? But, and and that and then it ends up with, with uh, these types of documentation, lack of resources, constant pattern, uh, the idea that our training capacity is basically just a cost center, right? Uh, all of those ideas come along. And when you present them with the opportunity now that you can do this with, with the resources you have on board, you can create that vision that you wanted to. It, it creates excitement out there. You want to add, add anything to that, Danny? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think also we forget it's just um, the tool to do it. <laughs> you, know, you need to collaborate. Uh, and everybody's using different solutions, support, product people, uh, uh, the onboarding. So they're using different solutions. They're not communicating, quite frankly, because there wasn't a unified tool for, to allow them to do it, right? 
And so this is this is now it's possible. It's not necessarily that they want to do the bare minimum. Is is up to now. Um, you know, there wasn't an off-the-shelf solution that could meet all of their requirements. And that's why Strategic Alliances is a collaboration of two companies getting to that vision. And each vision is unique to each vendor, you know. And, you know, I think traditionally this whole world of software implementation, training was always an afterthought. Like I've seen so many project plans over the years where we'll have 400 items and one item at the bottom says train the trainer, right? <laughs> We're going to train someone who's never seen this application to go out and train 300 users on this application. It's it's a fallacy. It's, 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 it never, ever worked. So I think finally now we're getting to a point where companies are saying that's not good enough. You know, education, user adoption, we got to get people working this because, you know, traditionally, you know, everybody kind of worked in silos in an office, right? We had Excel spreadsheets, we had applications, and we had the ERP system sitting over here. Everybody kind of did their own thing. But I think now we're moving everything to the cloud. We're following this Microsoft vision and all these applications are coming together. So there's no more silos and hopefully no more spreadsheets of information out there. So mm -hmm. I think organizations are seeing, well, if we're gonna get to the cloud and we're gonna get this productivity to a point where we want it, then we've gotta make sure everybody's rowing in sync and, and understands how to use this technology. Yeah. So gentlemen, thanks for today. I just wanna know if you have any closing thoughts about uh, digital adoption now and really in the future what do we got coming up daniel let's start with you yeah uh look you know i was uh trying to remember a quote from a uh microsoft conference virtual conference event that took place and i had to go back into my emails and i pulled it up so so the the quote was 86 percent of fortune 500 companies are using power apps right the, the message was that there's going to be more apps created in the next year or so than all of the apps that exist currently. And I'm thinking to myself when I hear these quotes, you know, from an empathetic point of view, my gosh, what it means for the end users. That's a lot of new technology that people have to learn. And so I'm very optimistic towards the future uh, when it related to, to digital adoption because there's going to be a user experience that I never got to have when I was working in my previous jobs and had to learn a new ERP. And so I think technology is meeting how the world is changing and organizations are going to be greatly poised to meet and live up to this digital transformation that they have to do. Right. Okay. Thanks. Joachim, any closing thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think that, that the role that we've taken with the, with the strategic alliances and the idea that we need to be strategic around digital adoption with the company, it's not, you know, normally when we get in there, they, they tend to say, okay, what's this going to set me back? And we say, look, we, we're trying to do a profit sharing model with you because it's actually something that obligates us in the very uh, uh, distant future uh, to keep current with your needs and, and the way that you see uh, the, the business evolving. And that initially is like, okay, thank you, I'm already married. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but after a couple of, of months, I mean, it, it, it really gets down to, okay, we can see that we can drive that vision forward with you. And we can see that it is a, it's, a, it's a constant effort to get there. It's not about delivering a product and saying, thank you so much. We, we are doing that successfully with a, with a lot of clients and and a lot of technology, but in order to really deliver the values, you need to be strategic with the company, with the vendor, 
that creates the software in order to get that to function in, in an ideal scenario. Okay, gentlemen, thank you for joining us on Digital Adoption Talks, and I'm sure we'll be back to you in the future to find out more about digital adoption and cloud software. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you.